All right, hello, welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. This is episode number 85. My name's Stephen Hill. Uh, sat next to me, <laughs> checking the BBC website, as I'm sure many of you are, is Mr. Renfrey Dedman. Hello, Renfrey. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, good. Fucking weird times, right? Fucking weird times. I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to do the Musicism sting first. Obviously, thank you to the people at Musicism, who still have a thing. Musicism, a, uh, an independent music company who like many independent music companies are probably feeling the uh the strain around their collar at the moment i would imagine so uh they do still currently provide some of the best online tutorials for singers songwriters guitarists and producers if now you're thinking i'm sat at home doing nothing i would quite like to learn how to play the guitar nine pound 99 a month or 25 percent off if you put the code right in capitals in the checkout seems like quite a good time to do it i was gonna say this i cannot think of a better time to sign up to musicism courses mm. and that does sound like we're selling it but obviously it's also true mm. i mean <laughs> like you know genuinely. actually uh <laughs> want to pick up an instrument why not not to name drop too much but um we have a podcast coming out soon with matt heafy from trivium oh. uh, um, matt said to me um i'll teach you how to play guitar if you want uh, over oh, yeah. over the internet because i was like mate my hands are really small i can't play guitar he's like get get the guitar like write some songs while you're sort of out and about and i was like dude i've suck at the guitar so i wouldn't I mind some lessons from matt Heavey. well mate he's uh he's a fucking good guitar player yeah. um lovely we, man as well. we do have uh as i said uh, a, a podcast we were going to do it in person but due to everything that's going on in the world at the moment which we will address in a second um we have a podcast coming out we've got a brand new sort of feature thing that we're going to try and do with as many artists as possible called track marks uh it should be album tracks we're basically um, marking people's albums out of 10 getting bands to go through their entire career and giving their albums a mark out of 10 and with a new trivia album coming up spoiler alert it's very good uh we thought we'd get matt heavey on the phone to look back at their entire career and that will be coming out around the time uh that trivium's new album drops in april so that should be very very exciting um this week on the show, we're going to be reviewing new albums from Merca, Hyborian, Birthmarks and Telepathy. And we will be discussing the first of our broken records, finding out what is the worst record of all time, starting with Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2. Um, I think it's probably clear that we need to address the sort of situation. It's not something that you or I have ever really had to do before. I mean, we're not particularly a... Well, we're a music podcast, but at the same time this obviously affects the music it affects the world and um it's just an odd time to be alive mm. basically isn't it yeah you're right no yeah he's just making me feel sad um yeah um i mean i was asking that in a genuine are you all right but you know i didn't oh no I mean, what's wrong with you? well no i'm fine i'm I just um uh it does genuinely feel apocalyptic it's quite um mad it's sort of the last time I had these feelings was probably 9-11. And that I was, was far, 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 far. Yeah, that was far, far, far more sort of sympathetic about something which definitely, definitely... Well, I suppose there was a fear... I, that was, in Le- I, was, I was in London during the 7-7 bombings and that was right, a right. pretty terrifying yeah. thing for yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. of weeks or so. Um, and obviously it, it means that, you know... Um, in terms of f- from our point of view and as a music podcast it means that practically everything has been cancelled we just before we started recording uh we heard that glastonbury's been cancelled i think that sets a really big precedent for mm-hmm. a lot of the festivals oh e- everything 
you thought you were going to is now not going to happen. Let's just be really clear about that. I don't, I mean, I, I'm reluctant to say I don't know if we're at that stage yet because this is coming out in two days' time and it might have changed by then. Um, but um, there's lots of things. I mean, I mean, Glastonbury would have had to start setting up around about now because it's so massive. Mm. So there are factors like that that you have to consider, whereas smaller festivals where you have to start setting up about 10 days in advance. Well, Wendry, um, I, I have some, obviously, some, some quite... Uh, frustrating uh, personal experiences as to why this is so um, like I say bands and people within the music industry and people within the entertainment industry people within the hospitality industry are, are worried at the moment I think lots of people are worried at the moment um, we've always been pretty open about our personal lives and what goes on within our personal lives at the moment um, I went into a, an emergency meeting at my job on Monday and <coughs> we're an events company we were going to have a tennis tournament in the at the end of june which has been cancelled um the teenage cancer trust concerts which uh would be due to be starting if you listen to this on friday three days from when this podcast comes out obviously the royal albert hall's cut shut down for until further notice they've been cancelled um and the sort of long and short of that means is that i now no longer have a company there is no like it's not like there, there is no company there is no like they're they're financially fucked there were five of us that were working there and we're all fucked we're all out of a job we don't have anything that we can do so that's really quite frightening um uh, i mean they've said to me like in three months four months whenever stuff starts happening then we'll all be rehired and everything will be fine but I don't know how long it's going to be, to be honest, no, no, one, free. no one does. So it's pretty weird. And it's meant as well that I'm... Um, this. If you're watching on YouTube, this might be the last time you see us in this room because I'm possibly, potentially, almost certainly getting the fuck out of London because I don't want to be paying an extortionate amount of rent, which I currently am paying in this place when I am incredibly lucky to have my mum's house sitting dormant um just waiting like to be 60 listed. miles away yeah yeah that, just that's yeah. you know like uh, 50 minutes outside of london yeah. so i'm probably gonna get out of here pretty soon almost certainly um what does that mean for the podcast steve mm. well i mean we don't really know i mean it, what it means is either you're going to be traveling down to me or i'm going to be traveling up to you and well we're... to assuage any fears yeah maybe. that is what's going to happen um the, if we're allowed right, to do that, that's what we're we'll right. Be doing. Act's not going to stop. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry. We are going to still strive. We've we've always, from the beginning, wanted to uh, do this podcast in the same room as one another. Yeah, we just think, face. from other podcasts we've listened to, I think it just sounds a hell of a lot better if you're all in the room together. I think just think the camaraderie is just far more natural and easy, and um, that has always been a rule that we've self-imposed um for this show um i think the interview with matt heafy is probably the first time that we haven't done that and we are in some cases doing um remote recording if you will mm. uh because we are in the middle of an epidemic <laughs> basically yeah. i mean we didn't want to not do the chat with matt and yeah. we he was gonna he, he was, was gonna be coming to, to london and we were gonna be doing it with him and paolo um but they can't do it yeah, and yeah, so yeah. you know it was well 
Seems like a silly opportunity to turn down. Yeah, and Matt's got a full studio set up, as you probably are aware from his Twitch channel, where he can record the audio and we can kind of splice it together. So hopefully it will sound as close to us being in the same room as it possibly can do. But, you know, we haven't listened back to it yet, so we don't know. But, you know, we want to do that stuff. So if it comes to that, we know how to do it. Yeah, it's possible to do it. We, We might have to do that for a little bit. I don't really know. Um I don't want anyone to... I, I, I tweeted this yesterday and loads of people said, oh, I'm really sorry. I feel really sorry. I feel really sorry for you. I feel really bad. I mean, to be really clear, there are people who are in a far worse position than I am. I am like, what I've just said, I have a house to go and stay in. Like, fucking, my mum's a legend. Like, she worked every shitty dishwashing, dinner lady, fucking after school club waitressing job on her own for basically about until about five years before she died to make sure she kept that house for me so i had somewhere to go if anything like this ever happened and something like this has happened and so you know that's fucking amazing that's fucking amazing and yeah you know it's just her looking after me like she sort of always says she would. So I'm I'm really, really lucky and I'm in a very, very fortunate position that I can just get out if 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 I need to get out. There are a lot of bands who aren't, there are a lot of people who work in the music industry who aren't. Um so I'm not asking for anyone's sympathy at all because there are people who genuinely need sympathy and are in far more trouble than I am. So don't worry. <laughs> mm. Don't worry about me at all. And um, don't worry about the podcast going anywhere or, or anything like that. It's all going to be fine, I'm sure. Um, if anything, hopefully you'll be getting more content. Well, this is, this is the thing. Obviously, for the last few weeks, we have teased our classic album series that we're doing. And we've been saying, you know, we're working out on ways in which we are going to kind of roll that out. Um and uh, if you go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast, as we've said since we started this podcast, you can donate some money to us. And we're always massively, massively thankful of anyone who does do that. In return for that, we've been giving you Rioters reviews. We've been trying to do that every week or every other week. It's kind of slackened off mm-hmm. in bits and bobs. Apologies. Um, and we apologize for that. From now on, what we will definitely be doing for anyone who... Um, who signs up for the Patreon page, there will be a writer's review, which you can suggest if you give anywhere from a pound to £4.99 a month. <laughs> if you decide that £4.99 is what you were giving, but you want to give 1p extra. Uh, so for £5 a month, there will be a second tier on the Patreon page, a £5 tier, which gives you all of those writer's reviews, one a month, plus every other week, one of mine or remfries so it'll be one of mine and one of yours each okay. month yeah, yeah, yeah. you will get two full length two and a half three and a half hour long podcasts uh, we've recorded as of this recording we've recorded three mm-hmm. two of them are two and a quarter hours and one of them is three and a half hours it's a two-part three and a half hour long chat um we are uh, we're going to be rolling that out and so if you give £5 a month, you'll get access to those two podcasts. So £5 a month, six podcasts, essentially. Um, we also will be giving the first one away for free on Monday. So the first one is Renfrey's Pick. It's Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion, Volume 2. It's two and a half hours long. It's really great. 
Uh, I think it's a really fun, interesting, excellent podcast. And I love doing these ones. The second one that goes up will be my pick, um, which will be Marilyn Manson's Antichrist Superstar, which we did with Merlin Alderslade, the editor of Metal Hammer magazine. Um, and then we'll be putting the week after that another free one up. It will be the first half of The Wall by Pink Floyd, which is another one of my picks, which we did with Matt from Haggard Cat. Um, the second half of that will be on the Patreon page, um, but it is very definitely a two-part podcast. And so, you know, you'll get a couple of chances to listen to it and see if you maybe want to delve in and, and do that. And um, on our website, riotactpodcast.com, if you look at it and you go, well, I, I can't do that, but I would like to listen to Renfrey talking about OK Computer, which is the next one that we're going to be doing, or OK Computer and In Rainbows. It's called, what is it, 00. 1001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the In Rainbows uh, OK Computer mashup. If that's all you're interested in, you will be able to purchase that on our website as a singular podcast. Um, if £5 at the moment seems like a lot of money to you, and you're thinking, man, uh, I would like to do that, but... Uh, you know it's a really really rough time of course it is that's fine um yeah. our dms are f fully open if you want to chat to us about this um our facebook page is there you can message us on our facebook page you can tweet me you can tweet Renfrey. you can message me on instagram i'm shit at i never get messages come through on instagram I'm not great. With I look at Instagram. it and I suddenly go three weeks ago and it just comes up. I was like, what's going on here? So anyway, maybe not on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know what the Stick to on. Facebook or Twitter. And also a lot of you are going to have to be self-isolating and being at home. And uh, you might want some extra content for that time because, you know, online stuff is going to be the main source of people's entertainment, I think. Mm. Uh, do you want to talk more uh, coronavirus stuff generally, or do you want to go straight into something a little bit happier and chirpier? Well, the first review we're doing is Merca, so That's probably... That's a good point. Well, uh, we, should, we should probably just, just stick with the coronavirus. We, <laughs> um, we should probably... I mean, there are live reviews that we could do, and they are the last time we'll be doing live reviews for a very long time, mm -hmm. so we might as well do those, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Um, do you want to both talk about employed and palm reader first yeah definitely yeah mm. you went to see employed servant palm reader, i did yeah um i went to see employed servant palm reader uh, at the underworld and and i went to see them uh about half a week earlier at the crawford arms in milton Keynes. yeah how different i wonder what those two experiences were because i just put something on instagram the, the the morning after the gig where i was like fucking hell man first time i saw palm reader and i know we've reviewed these bands a lot over the sort of 18 whatever months many months that we've been a podcast but i first saw palm reader at the barfly in it would have been june or july 2012 during the olympics um and i remember it was during the olympics because i went from watching palm reader supporting some band uh, to high park to watch feeder during the olympics when they were like open opening the high park up to everyone it was palm Palm Reader played to me and their press person. Mm. And I remember thinking, cool, they're really good. Mm. And I went to see Employed to Serve supporting Vales at the Black Heart in Camden in about August 2015. And there was, even when Vales were on, there was probably only 20 people there. When Employed to Serve were on, there was maybe 10, 8 people there. And I remember thinking, cool, they're really good as well, aren't they? I was trying to say you got in early. Well, what I'm trying to say is, 
A, I did get in early, and fuck you, because yes, I did. Um, <laughs> and that is undeniable. Um, and I feel like I banged the drum pretty hard for both of those bands from, a, a, you know, a fairly early point in their career. I, mean, I don't be, think either of them had albums out at the point. To when be I saw them. fair, without blowing smoke up your ass, I think you were probably the first journalist that I knew of to introduce most people to those bands. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you annoyed about that? I'm not annoyed about it. It just feels a little bit icky. You want to show me? This is our show. You should be proud. Just <laughs> you're, I'm allowing you alongside me, Renfrey. After everything I've uh, mate, done. It's, yeah, it's a fantastic. What have you ever done? It just feels a bit backslappy. <laughs> that's all. Let's carry on. Come on. Um, but no, I just was like, fucking hell, the underworld is, even in the climate that we're in, the underworld was basically sold out. Yeah, I was quite, the two gigs I went to this week, I was surprised at how busy they were. Well, I mean, we'll go on, we'll go on to that, but yeah, yeah. It was basically sold out and um, to see Palm Reader get, as a support band, kind of felt like a, a co-headliner. Yes, I would say much the same about Milton Keynes, actually. Yeah, yeah, because people were going just as bonkers for Palm Reader as they were for Employed to Serve. There was a small shift at Milton Keynes, but it wasn't much. Yeah. Like, it was almost as bonkers for both bands. Yeah, so. it really felt like people got on board with that as a package. Mm. Um, well, they've played together before, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, loads it, of time. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Employed to Serve support palm reader a bunch of times mm, mm. so you know i mean undoubtedly at this point employed to serve are the bigger band yeah um uh, not necessarily the better band but um it depends on your taste it, it really does depend on your taste and the thing is like, i think if you'd have gone back to 2015 when they were playing together stylistically quite similar yeah, and they've both gone anymore. in yeah, yeah, very yeah. very different but no less exciting directions yeah yeah um yeah. The new material that Palm Reader played was fucking great. I really liked um They only played one new song in Milton Keynes. Was it one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I when really I said new material, it. I meant yeah. the new song. The new Sorry, song. I don't know why I said material. Uh, yeah, I thought it sounded great. I really liked it. I can't say much more about it than that because, God, at this point, I saw it 10 days ago. So, yeah. But I, all I remember is I really enjoyed it. Mm. So, yeah, really good. But, you know, a kind of, I guess, a sort of continuation down that more um epic sounding road that they've been traveling down i will say this i was told um that it's the heaviest song on the new album which is interesting because not that it wasn't heavy it was definitely heavy but by older palm reader standards i don't think it's one that you'd point out as a particularly heavy tune yeah but that's actually quite exciting for me because i think them expanding out on Braille and all that kind of... I, I really like it when Palm Reader go along, yeah. you know? I mean, my favourite song may well be... Is it Unrequited, which is the last song on the side of the yeah. yeah. I mean, fuck me. That song's Braille, incredible. Mm. So um, that's actually quite exciting to me. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, this song's still heavy as balls. It's just, you know, compared to bad weather stuff. It's Yeah. And they say, you know, like... It, I always find myself going back to those early gigs where they stopped after every song and then they just sort of... And, and here it was like, they just... It's so mad to me they've only played Download once. I know, yeah. I mean, it's so, so, so ridiculous. I just do not get... You know, they played the third stage of Download in 2013 just after Bad Weather had came out. And I thought they were great live then, but they were great as a band who were 
you know, unrefined and punky and full of energy. And they were fucking great. But like I said, they'd stop after every song and kind of retune their instruments and it would be like, all right. Whereas now, like, Josh is so much more commanding as a front man. It feels like they've got an actual set. Like, they were just, they're just great. Like, Something they're just I'm, better and better all the time. I say this about frontmen that I really like quite often, but some Josh is one of those frontmen that I feel like he is not recycling the same between song banter yeah. every night. I always feel like he's actually talking to us and actually reacting to what the crowd is actually doing. Um, and I think for those bands it really stands out because a lot of bands with their sound, it's the same fucking thing they're saying every night, you know, mm. they're just changing the city. Mm. Um, I really like that. But I think Josh yeah. is really coming into his own. I mean, but yes, he's a good vocalist is what you're going to say, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I thought they were great. Um, speaking of bands, not rehashing their onstage patter. I don't think employed to serve uh, rehash their onstage patter, but fuck me. They say, go fucking like fucking fuck it up go fucking mental fuck this place up let's fucking kill each like that is that's not rehashing it that's just sammy likes to say it's that. primarily <laughs> sammy isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so wicked to see uh just how many people were going mental yeah to those songs and they're like the songs from eternal forward motion which they leaned on that album really heavily, Same. like more so than I think they have done even when it first came out. Yeah. I think it, it felt like a big shift where they were like... I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's, at this point, undoubtedly their best record. It's their best record. Yeah. 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 It's it's a fucking phenomenal record. And I think once you see it live, you go, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the night I saw them, I don't know if... Um, she'd got better by the time by the london show although i can't imagine she would have because the the schedule was quite punishing but justine's voice um had gone pretty much like the night before they started touring um and i've seen employed now twice when justine's been having um throat issues and she is still incredible like you wouldn't know the only reason I knew is because she sent me a quick message beforehand just saying, oh, if I, d if I see you, I might not talk all that much because I've got throat issues at the moment kind of thing. Mm. But like you would not know. And like um, I just have a so much respect when when I've seen her twice with supposed supposed throat issues with throat issues and it hasn't affected the show at all. It's like fair. Like she, she's brilliant. She's mm. fucking brilliant. Yeah, like, she's awesome. Great. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I mean, I didn't notice any kind of throat issues at all. I have to say, I thought it was a fucking. I, I, I wouldn't have if I didn't know. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great performance and they've been great, you know, on from every step of seeing them again, like Palm Reader to go back to the sort of earlier shows when it was all a bit slapdash and mappy and crazy to now just stand there and be like, this is like watching, like you said, this is like watching Pantera like tearing the fucking place up. It was just, they found that way of doing massive hook laden, groovy metal in the most like satisfying, like satisfying way. It just, oh, it just feels nice. Yeah. Watching yeah. Employed to Serve just makes you like, I love it when you see a band and they just make you want to fucking bang your head. Remember we were at Machine Head mm -hmm. and we were just like every song like, oh, mm -hmm. and then your fucking neck starts going. Like they, they've got that. And mm -hmm. that like, agreed. Not many metal bands in the modern era get that reaction. I agree. 
Oh, really great. good. And um, the big stage invasion at the end. Yes, I saw footage of that. That, really that looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't there on the Underworld show because I was... A.A. Uh, Williams, Across was town, yeah. A.A. Williams' debut headline show um, on the South Bank in the Purcell Rooms, uh, which is like the smallest of those three venues there. Lovely, like, theatre sort of space. Um, and it was absolutely... I mean, we've said a lot of positive things about A.A. Williams on mm-hmm. this show. Um, it's not going to stop because it was transcendent. It was absolutely beautiful. Uh, eight musicians on stage for the majority of it. She had a string quartet with her, um, which just made it sublime. Um, played a whole bunch of new songs, which she's never played before live. Um, they all sounded great. Um, I think there was a sort of slight um concern at the beginning because it had practically sold out but a few people didn't turn up you know due to the coronavirus and all that kind of thing it was still fairly full it was still pretty i think it's 300 cap it still felt like there were like 220 230 people in there Mm. um but it was just a really beautiful performance by far the best i've seen her do now and i have seen her about eight times now i know yeah you come on here every other yeah. fucking week yeah, yeah exactly i think you're fucking stalking her <laughs> well I, I am called their mascot now oh really so, yeah um <laughs> but uh with what kind of animal is that with exactly? mascot to have yeah um but it was absolutely sublime and she showed immediately i mean it's pretty incredible the growth that she has had she only started playing live in april last year her debut show was at roadburn festival yeah and it's pretty good isn't it? uh what 10 months later uh 11 months later she's doing a headline show to a 300 cap room like most debut headline london shows are at the black heart do you know what i mean a mm. pub I, I love the black heart but a room upstairs in a pub yeah. And she's in like this beautiful theatre. It's pretty amazing. And I, I think she really like with this momentum, she she doesn't even have a, re- a, a full length album out yet. It's pretty great. It's pretty astonishing when you think about it. But then you see her live. It's like, well, she absolutely deserves it. I'm looking. I still haven't seen her live. And I'm looking it's forward incredible. to, you know, when things start to happen again in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, doing that she was meant to go out with nordic giants uh later this week but obviously that won't be happening now but yeah. um I, I would have gone to that as well because mm. i just think she's sublime and i love nordic giants mm. uh, absolutely amazing um totally different show the next day i went to yulu to see turnstile yeah i was gonna go to this but then it's my birthday and i thought i should do something it was for my did birthday you a, did you have a good birthday well Steve? i didn't really know i mean mm. uh, one like my 40s have been pretty shit so far i've got yeah, to be honest yeah. and um I basically just just stayed at home. I was gonna go. I didn't. Do, I didn't do anything. My girlfriend brought me a, a what's it called? Um, Barry the caterpillar fucking cake round. What was it called? Colin is that, the caterpillar. It's her birthday today. It's her birthday today. Yeah, unbelievable. Are you gonna get her a caterpillar cake? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Well, I don't want to get her exactly the same fucking thing as I've got. Like, you know. Oh, I don't know why I'm being like, oh, ruin the surprise. It's coming out in three days' time. If, if you ever let me finish this podcast, then I'll be going straight around there afterwards. Ooh, so, we've only been going half an hour. I know. Right? We have, yeah. Um, um, Feels like a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till we get to Graveyard Classics, too, mate. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, talking about time stretching and feeling like forever. 
Um, Turnstile were absolutely fantastic as they always are. Yeah. Incredible energy. Um, it felt like I was wondering how busy it was going to be. It turns out really fucking busy. Um, it seems that no one, I think everyone knew that that was a hot ticket. Um, you lose sold out for Turnstile, which is fucking great. And actually, I think it sold out a few months ago as well. Mm. What is you lose? 800 cap? It's pretty big. It's pretty big. Um, be, yeah. I'm trying to think. I think it's 800 cap. It's around that, certainly, you know, and like just a. I saw Death and Brother 1979 in there. I saw Death Toes there, mate. Oh, did you? Trounced. Um, I don't know, though. Are you, is that Trounced? Because I saw. It's not that much bigger than the Astoria was. I saw Deftones' first ever UK show at the Astoria with fire support in them. So think, is it Trounce? Mm, no, I don't really know. I think Deftones was 2000. Uh, sorry, I think Astoria was 2000. No, cap. Astoria was 1,200. Mm, we can argue about this later. No, we uh, don't need to argue about it. We just have to agree that I'm right. It's going to be an argument. <laughs> um, uh, what was it? Yulim. Yeah, it was great. It was quite... It didn't bother me. Uh, set list wise it was quite unusual um what's turnstile's best album steve uh time and space correct the last one um and um they played six songs from time and space but then they played five from non-stop feeling that's right they played three from step to rhythm which oh. is like the album uh, what is it even an album it's an, EP. it's an ep yeah yeah, yeah. They, they really were going right across their career I'm wondering if they were sort of doing that because they're about, you know, I think they're releasing a third record this year. Uh, I don't think that's a secret. I can't remember. Um, Not know. anymore, is it? <laughs> so it feels like like a last ditch kind of like, oh, let's just like chuck out loads and loads of stuff, you know, mm. from across our career. And it was cool. It kind of, uh, it kind of, like so the step to rhythm I've never actually heard. So I was like, are these new songs? Are they old songs? And I did kind of think, I hope they're old songs because they're cool, but they're not amazing. And it turns out they are. So that's fine. Mm. Uh, but they were absolutely brilliant. I mean, when they left the stage, I f it felt like five minutes had passed and actually about 40 had. If anything, my my only criticism is like I wanted them to play longer, but then that's never a bad criticism. No, no, not at all. You know, they were fucking excellent. Mm. Like sweat dripping from the walls kind of crowd um it's not the crowd that sweat dripping from the walls you know what i mean i do sort of know what you mean yeah <laughs> it was fucking brilliant it was a, I'm sure there was sweat dripping from the crowd as well yes uh it was a fucking great last gig to go to for quite a while yeah. it's not a bad one so. yeah i mean bands will be doing lots of what code orange did which was yeah excellent thing yeah 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 i mean again like when the the podcast with um with matt comes out matt heafy speaks a lot about you know live streaming shows and what trivium have been doing with their sort of social media and stuff and he's like yeah we he should. basically actually again because this isn't gonna th that podcast will be a, at least a month before that goes out because the, the new album's not out for a little while so i'll just say what he said and he literally went if there are any people in bands who want to kind of reach out to to matt from trivium then to, to kind of get advice about how they can you know make some sort of um exp like kind of expose themselves a bit more and, and and sort of try and navigate the you know the online streaming world matt was like you know it's something that he's been doing for a long time and he's like I, I encourage all bands to hit me up so you know 
Um, you can wait to hear him actually say that if you want, or you can just take my word for it that he did definitely say that. It's uh, I yeah, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Should I find it now? Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Let's do some reviews before we do, because I'm like in the middle of moving house. I said to Renfrey, "Do you want to have some CDs?" You go. I can't. I've got to move all this shit out of my my gaff. Um, we found this is for the YouTube. This is the Stego album. My band, Stegel. This is Angerod, the 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 Stegel album from what was it, two thousand and two, two thousand one, I think, two thousand one. Yeah, because yeah, actually we recorded it uh, just after nine eleven. Oh. Um, and I just wanted to bring this up because Renfrew was like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll take that." It's like, "Will you fuck take that? You're not having that." Um, I just wanted to bring it up to prove that, like, I I have always been a pretentious piece of shit. Our name is not on the front cover of the album, like because we're that big, we don't need to put our name on the front hey, cover. Hey, if of the it's album. good enough for Led Zeppelin, the track listing is not on the back of the nope. album either. <laughs> and when you put the track list in, there is like binary code mm. in like really, really f- like faint white and black, and the track listing is written in basically the same color over the top mm. of it. And we've put a big letter and a little letter next to every. So it's double, so it's twice as many letters. So we've put the capital and the small letter um, to each. So you can't even really read what the songs are called. I've got more of a headache from you describing it than I have from looking at it. Yeah, but mate, I mean, look at it. Look at that. It's quite a headache. And you, oh, yeah. That, yeah. You, you can't, Ooh. I'm looking at it now. It's like, I, I wrote these fucking songs. I don't even know what they're called. What are they called? You don't know? I can't read it. I think one of them says um, Bob the Builder, main theme. Yeah, hilarious. Uh. <laughs> um, you actually have to, you actually have to, um, to fucking angle it to a position where you can read what it says. And even then, you're that's like B B E E R. Oh god. So you know that's why Funeral for a Friend got big and we didn't. That's getting <laughs> maximum seven out of ten already, just for the that shitty... got four Ks, mate. Oh, did it? Yeah, got legit. Got four K. Do you remember who reviewed it? Ah, I should do. But I don't. Um, sorry, I can't remember. It wasn't Simon Young. Um, fuck. I can't remember. It also got eight in... Uh, Darren Sadler um, reviewed it. Gave it eight in Rock Sound. In, I don't know why I said Rock Sound. Yeah, eight out of ten in Rock Sound we got. Oh, that's The nice. most surprising eight out of ten since Haggard Cat got ten out of ten. Yeah. But Rock Sound was a very different magazine to the one that we all know and tolerate uh, (laughs) uh, these days. (laughs) Anyway, this is a little aside. Let's do some reviews. Let's start with Merca. Oh, what I should say regarding the coronavirus is... Jumping all over the place. No, yeah, we are. But the the only reason I want to say this is that because we know it's shit and it's weird. But I actually think, and I hope most people will agree with this, I don't want to come on every week while we're doing this and just go, oh, is everyone all right? I hope I want this to be a podcast where you go, this is the chance for me to, to think about music and listen to people talk about music and enjoy the sort of conversation about music. A distraction. A distraction. So we're not going to fill this full of chat all the time. That doesn't mean we don't care or we're not interested. It's just this hopefully will be some sort of distraction and some sort of positive yeah. thing for you to be able to, to be clear. To. It's going to be full of chat, just not about the coronavirus. Yeah, that's what I meant, obviously. Uh, Merka, Fog Sanjay, the third full length record. Is that how you say it? I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, for the third full length album 
from uh, the the Danish singer songwriter Amelie Brown, uh, Braun Browner, Brun Brun, yeah. Um, the third the third uh, under the Merka name. Obviously, she has done albums over the years yeah. as a solo artist, which yeah. probably are sort of relevant. But um, but as Merka, they, they as sound Mir- yeah, they sound quite different. Yeah, but as Merka. Uh, this is the third record. Uh, now, her um, 2017 album, Maradit, was that how you pronounce it? Um, I don't know, but that's a good attempt, I'm yeah. sure. From 2017, won the um, the Metal Hammer Golden God for Best Album of the Year in, in 2018. They loved it, didn't it they? It got a great review and response um, from that magazine in general. I think it was very very high up on their top 20 albums of the year come the end of the year um she played one of the best shows that i saw at the end of 2018 the last show on that run which um at the dome at the dome i thought was fucking fantastic that'll come up again in Mm. a bit but yeah um Um, it was also my oh i think it was number eight on my albums of the year that year as well i i liked it very 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 much yeah see I was but interested were... in M when it came out. Um, I found that a, a, a quite an interesting mix of stuff. I think M's a noble failure. Yes, I think that's probably fair to say. It made a lot more sense. Again, much like the last record, it made a lot more sense to me. I saw her playing the uh, the black metal stage at Hellfest mm. in 2015. And I was like, oh, this makes a bit more sense to me now. And then when Maradit came out, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is much better. Although, unfortunately for that record, it came, in my opinion, it came in the aftermath of the far, far superior Raya by Oathbreaker. You often compare Mirka and Oathbreaker and (sighs) broadly they're the same genre, but I think they're complete opposite ends of that genre. But uh, yeah, fine. In what respect would that be? Just... I think Merka sets out to be more folksy. melodic, folksy, the yep. the shinier version yeah. of what Oathbreaker are doing. Yeah, it's and, just and, that and there was not a lot different. of that at that time, so the comparison sure. is yeah, okay. pretty obvious, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, and they're both from a similar part of the world, and they both kind of that evoked similar <clears throat> stuff. I wasn't mad on that record. I got to be honest. I know you liked it, but I yep. wasn't mad on it. I can say it wasn't actually until I saw it live at the dome that I actually went, Oh, this is very good. And she's very good. Her voice is fucking outstanding. Just mental. Outstanding. Me. Yeah. We should point out, or rather I should point out and I'm about to, um, she started that set with half an hour of, folkier material which is essentially what this album is made up of mm. and uh i hope you don't mind me saying steve but at one point you did turn to me maybe 20 minutes in and say is this what it's going to be for the whole night yes <laughs> and um, i was like no yeah see that's the thing now i read her very very good um cover feature in metal hammer magazine from two months ago and uh she's very well spoken very interesting and um you know i've interviewed her before she's lovely uh and um she's you shook your head then as if to say oh i didn't mean to no no i've I've met her incredibly briefly Mm. but she seemed very nice she's like some sort of 
beautiful alien creature, isn't she? She's astonishing. I mean, she's um like six foot something, incredibly beautiful. She used to be a model. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. yeah. She looked at me and I, I thought my bones were melting. <laughs> <laughs> like to be Let's to get be on and talk about the music. Yeah, on, yeah. Um she's so fit. Like <laughs> <laughs> No, come on. She is though. She is, she undoubtedly like she is. And um that's that's fine. It's irrelevant. Uh, it is yeah, yeah, it's irrelevant, but it's you know, it it's just I can't come on. Yeah. Uh anyway, um so I read that feature and I thought it was really good. But when I read the bit where she went, Yeah, the next album's gonna be pure folk. I did go, oh dear, I'm not sure I'm that bothered about that. It isn't really your thing, is it? This is very, very much definitely not my thing. Whereas it is much more my thing. Um, I would say that this folk is quite oldie worldy folk. I'd say it's, it's fucking, yeah, it's, it's hey nonny nonny, wicker man diddly diddly music i mean that's that's overly harsh but <laughs> sure um and it's a more whimsical no it's not whimsical no oh, it's... No, it's super serious i mean it's in 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 a lot of cases i find it rather um po-faced to be perfectly honest hmm. i think that would be I don't know. Mm, yes, fine. But I don't know how, if you'll forgive me for saying so, I'm not sure how objective that is because I think that is what this sounds like. Is, yeah. Is. But that's what I think that music sounds like, okay. unfortunately. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to tear through this really quickly, Renfrey. All right. And then I'm going to let you talk about it and be nice about it. I hate this. <laughs> like, it is crap. It's, it's, um, I cannot bear this record. Um, Annoyingly, the last track on it, which sounds like something from Edward Scissorhands, uh, or sounds like something from like a, the end of a Pixar movie, Vinter, it's called, is beautiful. It's yeah. lovely. Yeah, it's fantastic. It feels modern and really ethereal. And all the things that when we talk about Agnes Oberon, we talk about Oliver Arnold's and all the sort of modern-y stuff that is um that we've been really positive about that that, that I like. It kind of reminds me more of that. It's got that more modern. But when it does go to this kind of hey nonny night, like there's there's a song in it called um, uh, there's a song in it called re re air right, and I was like, this to me sounds like Flight of the Concords. Yeah, it's literally like if Flight of the Concords went, we're gonna make a a Danish folk album. This is what it would sound like, and it's really long, and mm, every song it's 47 goes seven minutes. Well, that is fucking long. Of like too long. I mean, I fucking three minutes of that. I can probably. I was like, okay, but I, I mean, I just. I'm. I'm out, Renfrey. I'm just like. Okay. I'm not gonna say it's shit. I'm just gonna say yeah, you that said I, earlier that it was shit. You, <laughs> you said earlier that it was shit. Well, I think it's okay. I think this is shit. I do not ever want to listen to this record ever again. But then I think this type of music is bloody awful, <laughs> to be honest. So okay. I'm I'm out. That's my review. I like it. It's good. Um, I know. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm being too bold in saying I know more about this stuff than you do. Yeah. I know a little bit more about the origins. This is very much. It's very Nordic folk. Um, it's very sort of Scandinavian folk and very traditional folk. I suppose is probably the best way to put it. Uh, for the most part, there are a couple of 
um, exceptions, uh, one of which you've already mentioned. There's also a Bob Dylan cover, um, House Carpenter, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was really good. Um, but yeah, for the most part, this is very traditionally led <laughs> Scandi folk, I guess. Um, but done to a very high standard. I think there's some really beautiful um, instrumentation in it. There's like some proper... Oh, uh, I mean, a lot of these instruments I don't even know. But a nickel harper, a lyre, a mandola—like it's ve- it's a very genuine folk album. Mm. I've mentioned on this show before how um, metalheads are very kind of. Um, uh, is it, there are certain metalheads that are concerned with what is quote unquote real metal, yeah. the only fan base that is even more intolerable than metalheads of folk purists mm-hmm. who will basically just call out anything i mean you know if you suggest to a folk purist that frank turner is authentic folk they will rip your head off like they get very furious about it right um but this is de- this i think it would be difficult to argue that this is not in the traditional folk mold um and i i enjoyed it very much i prefer it when she's mixing the two. Oh, yeah and i prefer it when there are black metal elements as well and i certainly don't enjoy this as much as maradite let's say it's called Mm. anywhere near as much i think it's a more successful record than m in that i think it's better put together but i would totally understand why people preferred m to this i do um but you know leaves of oh leaves of yiga fucking yeah what that's like it leaves of and then the letter y and about 15 g's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's two g's uh y g g d r a s i l um it's a fucking lovely song and it's so um traditional in its oldie worldy folky ways i thought for a moment that it was a traditional song i.e a song that's been around for centuries and centuries and centuries but it is actually an original composition by her and i think that is actually a pretty impressive thing to do to be able to write a song which sounds totally timeless um and I think she does it beautifully with that track. Um, it's got these beautiful female harmonies on it that sort of interweave them their way through the song. And um, yeah, I, I don't like to believe press notes all that often. Uh, but you know I'm a fan of reading them. You are, yeah. The press notes did mention at one point that this is um cinematic and yet intimate uh, album, which I actually think is true, and I think that's a difficult thing to pull off. It is cinematic because it feels wide and expansive because it has a shitload of um, instrumentation on it. But I think because all of that instrumentation is acoustic, um, it sounds intimate at the same time. And and I don't, I you know, what other albums sound cinematic? In, yeah, instrument, intimate. Well, talk talk um you know so there are comparisons to be made there and stuff like that mm-hmm. it is a different thing entirely i'm not saying this is the spirit of eden no um but you know it's brave sir robin from uh <laughs> holy grail is what it is <laughs> annoyingly it's more like that than it is like spirit of a radio um but i i think this is a really good record in that mold i don't think all merca fans are gonna like it some of them will lap it up though quite yeah, a lot I'm of sure them will, will lap it up uh, look i'm sure they will like i said i am just absolutely out of my depth in this because not only do i not know anything about this type of folk music at all like you know i i quite like 
some modern folk music. I wouldn't say I've ever been a massive fan of folk music. My mum used to listen to stuff like this all the time, like fucking Bellowhead and stuff like that, oh. right? And yeah, you know, it used to drive me fucking nuts. And she'd go to folk festivals and stuff and come back with fucking you know, dancing around the maypole and all that shit. And like, I, I've, just, I've I've played at one folks festival and never again. Yeah. And it just reminded me of that, but done in a different like language. Well, yeah, that is, yeah. I mean, yeah. that is what it is. You're uh, and it I, is. I, yeah. And I really, really, really struggle with this stuff to the point yeah. where, <laughs> like I say, it just sounds like flight of the Concords, like we're doing a, like it, 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 it absolutely i'm sure is completely my fault i'm sure if there are people who have you know i don't want to sound like one of those people who listen to like met like listen to slipknot and go or listen to you know fucking foo fighters and go oh eh, kill your mum music like i don't want to be one of those people i'm struggling not to be one of those people but i i don't know anything about it and yeah. I, all yeah. i hear is just like for everything i'm just like <laughs> this is this is long I mean, but then the last track comes along and i'm like see that's fucking brilliant that yeah is brilliant i mean song. to be fair i don't think this is the best thing since sliced bread but i think it's um authentic and i i like it mm. it doesn't excite me in the way you mentioned agnes obel obviously i mean i i think she's incredible uh, it doesn't excite me in the same way that the Hillary Woods record does, which we did last mm. week. It doesn't excite me in the same way as a Chelsea Wolf or an Emma Ruth Rundle. I don't think it's, but it's actually not trying to be any of those things either. No, definitely not at all. Um, it's not. Um, it doesn't have the darkness of any of those artists. There's, no, there's. I mean, it well, doesn't have the darkness. No. Well, let me. Justin Hawkins. Does let, not let, whoa, 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 whoa. let me reiterate that it does have the darkness, but only lyrically. Musically, far, far less so. Does, Th there is darkness in this record, but it is only in the words. Are you saying that Gunda's Vilji translates into "Get your hands off of my woman, motherfucker"? <laughs> well, who knows? Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh just reminded me of that song what a great song yeah get your hands off of my woman motherfucker see look how excited you are at the thought of a darkness song when we're talking about this record yeah, that, that says is, it all that, is, that is quite depressing actually if it's that if it's get your hands off my woman motherfucker or 47 minutes of <laughs> look I think it's quite I, good I'm and also, right kind of this, also yeah a little bit <laughs> and, all, and also as the person who always complains that albums are too long I think this is too long by like four minutes. I reckon it, she could have trimmed a song off. Like I, I, I generally. I think she could have left one song on. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, 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 I think it goes surprisingly quickly for me. I think it's a really nice, pleasant listen. I never thought that Six Feet Under wouldn't be the album, the worst album of the week. <laughs> Oh come on! No, that you're right. Six feet you're right. I'm far worse. I, I, you're right. I'm being a prick. Yeah, I, it's just it's absolutely something which I do not like as a type of music. I do not yeah. know anything about. I never listened to, and uh, it reminds me of so many things that used to make me laugh when I was a kid. So I am in a very very bad position to review this type this this type of music. And I think if it had come along and it was an artist I'd never heard of before, and I didn't understand the connection like Merca has to sort of alternative music and alternative culture and, and metal and stuff i probably would have turned around to you and gone we ain't fucking doing this mate um honestly we probably wouldn't do yeah. a record that sounded like this mm. under other circumstances yeah. i think that's fair to say yeah but you know i understand why we did so there you go that's um uh folk sange 
by Mirka, which is out right now. Uh, let's move on and talk about Hyborian. So Hyborian Volume 2, as implied by the title, this is the second full-length album from the Kansas-based Riff Rockers. Their debut album in 2017 was a bit of a stonker. It was great. Great record. It was really, really come good. come out of nowhere. Yeah. Really good record. Yeah. Um, it's Six Europe. songs, 32 minutes. Yeah, like full down, bam, 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 just like riffs and stoner vibes and catchiness and every review you read slash listen to this record will mention baroness and mastodon of course yeah and, and two that's what we're own. talking about yeah i mean it sounds like those bands um i would add red fang yep and torch yeah torch bit. and high on fire yeah bit more instant than high on fire i find this band yes mm. high on fire are like don't have a lot choruses if you like what to grasp yeah into. yeah i just think high on fire is worth mentioning as well yeah definitely i think what sets hyborian apart from uh, a few of those bands although not or, or makes the comparison with baroness and mastodon feel much more like mm -hmm. the right one mm -hmm. is that they have and i suppose red fang as well is they have a uh, a really cool kind of dual vocal and a real kind of epic vocal sound um which is sort of heavy and catchy at the same time the first song on this driven by hunger is so catchy and so wicked um it's just it's just great and you know it's not doing anything new it's not doing anything particularly exciting musically where you go like oh i don't know what this is but it is a fucking rager and if you just like that type of music it's as good as anything that's come out from one of those types of bands for a very long time. I mean, Baroness don't really do songs like that anymore. Not anymore. No. I was very curious about what you felt about this. Um, I really loved that first Hyborian record. I mm -hmm. think it's really great. Um, and I was looking forward to this a lot. I remember before having an opportunity to read the promo, I saw a review in Metal Hammer. Which yeah. Was four out of ten. And I was like, oh, goodness, that seems really harsh. Mm. Um, and then I listened to it. And um, I still think four out of ten is harsh. But for some reason, I can't really get into this at all. And I'm mm. really trying. And it was really bothering me because I love the first record. I was like, what is it? And I AB'd the two records as well. Really enjoyed volume one. And then volume two came on. I was like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of other reviews have been very, very positive about it. So I was like, maybe it's just me or me and this Metal Hammer writer as well. I don't know. But the only conclusion I can come to, in my opinion, I just don't think the songs on volume two are as good as the songs on volume one. I agree. Okay, uh, cool. I, I do agree. I think Driven by Hunger is a wicked opener. I think it's a yeah. really cool opening, catchy opening. No, you don't think so? All right, fair enough. I, I think it's all right. I also, what this is, this record, is a decent stoner record with a great start and a great end. I think I, I, I was, My favourite track is uh, In the Hall of Travellers, yeah, which so is the final track. closing one, loads of weird glitchy stuff mm. um, that does genuinely sound a little bit different. Well, actually, can we talk about the glitchy stuff very yeah. quickly? Now, to say that they've done a Code Orange would definitely be OTT. Yeah. But there are bits towards the end of that track that have that kind of, oh, it's stopping then starting again yeah. very quickly kind of thing. 
process digital trickery pokery which you don't hear from bands which like you this, never hear from bands like it's this a weird thing to do well to be honest with you after listening to it i was like i think that's why you don't. i <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. think it's like i love that last song but i would have cut the last two minutes off of it yeah, the I last don't... two minutes is odd lots yeah. of spoken word kind of sample backwards backward talking I... sort of shit and, and, and that's the weird thing um this album's only 40 minutes long it's eight tracks and it's 40 minutes long and it's got a surprising amount of filler on it Considering it's only forty minutes long, yeah, I, I think for the most part. I mean, there's a few songs like there's a song called "Planet Destructor," and I was like, "Oh, this has got a good riff," and then it's nearly five minutes long. It's like four minutes forty one seconds yeah. long, and yeah. it's like ah, uh, it's getting a bit old now. And the last couple of songs, "Expanse" and "Portal," too long. I think yeah. it starts all right. This record. I mean, I think "Driven by Hunger" is great. Like, legit, think that is a great song. Okay. I think in the Hall of Travelers, for the most part is great and they're two kind of opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. of what Hyborian do I think Driven by Hunger is a banger it's a Kylesa like Scapegoat by Kylesa or Blood and Thunder or I mean it's not as good as those songs but but it's in that mould yep. you know it's yep. catchy yep. it's big it's heavy it's yep. instantaneous in the Halls of Travellers is a bit more expansive a bit more um, uh, like say experimental and a bit more drawn out and and cool for it to be lazy about it the first song's more leviathan era mastered on the the last song's more crack the sky yeah that's quite a good way of putting it and in between like after driven by hunger i think it pulls you along enough on stormbound and sanctuary Mm. for you to be like oh this album's because i remember that four out of ten and at that point three songs in i was like no this is good this Mm. is really really good yeah you know i don't think anything was as good as the first track but i was like those two and three are good and then planet destructor comes in and you're like oh that's a good riff and then you like go oh god this is it's starting to drag a bit and then the rest of the album is a bit of a drag Mm. until that last track i I predominantly agree i definitely agree that sort of track five six seven is probably the weakest point Mm. and i I just think good ep yeah that's the thing though but just for i for a 40 minute album to have as much filler as this does it's not very encouraging and and it it sucks to say this because i thought after volume one i was like i I think my thoughts were this band could one day be as good as red fang do you know what i mean and and i don't think that would have been mega unrealistic i've not abandoned that thought because this could easily just be a misstep or whatever although there are a lot of positive reviews about it there's a lot of reviews that are just like yeah it's great um but um i feel like they've dropped the ball a little bit i don't think they fucked it i just feel like the ball's been dropped somewhat the dual vocals that you were talking about um as a plus most certainly are a plus but they are much better utilized on volume one than there are volume two and that became really apparent when playing one after the other i thought see i've not done that although i do think you know there there are a couple of songs on here which are clearly of a much better quality. I mean, like we've obviously mentioned them, that are of a far higher quality than stuff that just carries... The thing is with some of these bands is I think the best ones realise that you can't just play a riff over and over again and kind of shout over it. You have to have an actual song. And a lot of the kind of... The more... In the sort of... The the aftermath of Baroness and Mastodon and Kylesa and Torch and all those bands coming out there were a glut of other bands who fell by the that came out at the same time that kind of at the georgian atlanta yeah. sludge thing and they came out and everyone went oh it's another great one of these and then they didn't have any songs and they yeah. just fucking vanished and all those bands really had was a copy of you know 
Sabbath, bloody Sabbath on yeah. vinyl. Yeah. And they went, well, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, not have, but not have any songs. And I think the problem with Hyborian is, is it's been long enough since then for when that first album came out to go, oh, here's a band who actually have got the, the Mastodon-y thing and they've got it down very, very well. But it does feel like they've just not been able to write good enough songs throughout. I mean, I will stick up for... Certainly the first song, I think, is a rager. I, I would go as far as to say I think half of this album is good. Yeah. But it's 20 minutes of a 40-minute record. Yeah, and I just, I just don't know. I just... I, you know, I personally think four out of ten is way too harsh. Five out of ten feels all right. Five or six. I was going to say five or six, yeah. Mm. But I thought volume one was a seven or eight. I'd give it a six on the basis that the first song is fucking great. The last song is really interesting. And there's a couple of other pretty good ones around the start. And some all right ideas, but they're just, they're, they're unfleshed out ideas. I, you know what? I would probably be kind enough to give this a six as well, but more i think about it i think volume one was a very strong i I'd pro- I probably would have given volume one an eight mm. so it's just uh, like yeah i don't as i say i don't think they fucked it i just think this is probably just a minor misstep um i'm hoping volume three will be much better quality wise and i i think it is simply down to the songs just not being quite as good the hooks not being quite as good the vocal delivery being not quite as good um i don't know the reasons for that but um i think it's under i you know i've seen a few reviews i haven't seen any that say it's better than volume one but i've seen a few say it's the equal of and uh i know no it's not it really isn't it's a step down which is a shame because i i really i really like this band i think they're cool um but yeah Mm, i feel awful now it's my least favorite record of the week it's obviously not yours but it's my least favorite record of the week um but yeah yeah well it's it's not great yeah um but it's not awful it's not awful not awful but it's not great to be perfectly honest but there you go volume two by hyborian uh a couple of moments worth listening to but overall a bit of a little bit of a letdown I would say. Um, okay, let's move on. These, Telepathy. We should just say quickly, these next two records are actually out next week. Right, not, okay. Not yeah, that's fine. Telepathy, Burn Embrace, the instrumental metal band's third full-length record. Um, I was not really familiar with this band, Renfrey. You brought them in. Mm-hmm. You suggested them. Yep. Uh, do you want to fill in a little bit of backstory of what who and, and who Telepathy are? Um, they're sort of, um, I think, a third... No, sorry, uh three quarters Polish, one quarter English, um, based around Colchester, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a band that I became familiar with through Arctangent, unsurprisingly, being an instrumental band. Although um, I actually think an instrumental band that you would probably be more behind than some other ones. Well, they've got a lot of kind of black metal elements in their sound, they haven't they? Yes. They're most definitely a post-metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose you could say in the vein of a Bosque or an Armand Ra, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, well, I'm just going to say it straight away. I don't think they're as good as either of those bands, but I do think mm. they are probably just a, just a step below, if that makes sense. They're not as good as either of those bands. No. And uh, well, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um Number one on the well on the on the strength of this record. Number one, um, I don't think they 
are, I mean, certainly for Armin Ra, they're nowhere near as dark as Armin Ra. But then not many people are. They're probably not as dark and as genuinely heavy as Bosk either. Um, So I don't feel like they take their sound to the lengths that it needs to go to. I agree. And also, this needs a vocalist. Oh, that's now that's an interesting thing to say because I don't say that about every um, instrumental record, but I really mm. feel that about this. That's an interesting thing to say because the last two songs on this album do have vocals, mm-hmm. and I think they add absolutely nothing, really, uh, in my opinion. But I think that's because of the nature of the vocals, and I think maybe this could do with a really good vocalist. Yeah, but the last two, so like the vocals on this. I, to the point where the first couple of times I listened to it, I didn't even notice them. No, no, they, they're totally, you're right. They're totally incidental, but what they need, I mean, what's your, okay. What's your actual beef with, is this, is this a, the style of vocal? Or no, just- I, I, I didn't think they, they seem to be very purposefully mixed low down in the mix. Sometimes that works quite well in a sort of death heaven sense. Yeah. But, um, I, it felt to me like they were, low down in the mix because they were a little bit maybe i don't know if this is true or not or if it's a conscious thing or a subconscious thing but maybe a bit embarrassed about them because they the the performances are fine i don't think the sort of melodic not that they're, they're screamed vocals so they're not they're not doing melody lines but i just don't think they actually add anything to the songs at all they need an apocalyptic vocalist yeah they need somebody who will come on they like need a colin from on <laughs> yeah and just go ah, and yeah. their fucking soul black like tar will spew out of their mouth i will say this um i saw them live at portals festival last year and live they do sound far bigger and darker and heavier than they do on record and I don't think they've quite managed to capture that mm. yet on album. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind this record. I think this is a per- this is a perfectly enjoyable record in the main. Yeah, right? I actually think it's better as well than we're both making it out to be at the moment. We've concentrated on a lot of negatives to begin with and, mm. and we're probably sounding a little bit more down on it yeah, than yeah. we should be. I think this is a perfectly enjoyable record to listen to in the main. It's got some really cool, like I say, like black metal parts. Yeah. Um, where I just thought, oh, if a vocalist came in there now and just did a proper like blood curdling shriek, <laughs> it would sound fucking super heavy and really great. And then those parts don't really come. So I found that a little bit frustrating. But you know, it's 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 pretty good. I mean, I don't know how much I love it really, but I think it's pretty good. I don't love it. I I like it very very much. I don't think it's as good as their last record, Tempest. Um, I think it's probably better than their debut, Twelve Areas. Um, I think I think this is a very I think mm, I think this is a a good a solidly good post metal record. It feels like a it feels like a pretty straight ahead seven out of ten. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's good. There's it's not a bad record yeah, at all. Yeah, it's, but it's there good. Are it's just examples out there. Yeah, there are, and it's nothing. I mean, it didn't I didn't feel challenged by it. No. Um, I didn't feel like I was hearing anything that I'd never heard before or anything that was, you know, kind of meld of an interesting meld of things that I hadn't heard before. I just like that, you know, it's like you say, it's a post metal record. Um, 
but with some kind of rather than leaning on the riffs like a band like Hyborian would be inspired by Black Sabbath. It feels like it's more inspired by Celtic Frost. It's more of an atmospheric black yeah, metal yeah. type of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that's cool. Like, you know, yeah. that's a cool idea. But um, I just don't think it's pulled off to the... I think it's there's potential there for them to do that and make it sound fucking apocalyptic. But that's what I would want to hear this record sound like. Again, this may just be my taste, but I actually found it like fairly frustrating in parts okay. when i felt like it should go super heavy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know because you listen to a band like Amon ra and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and when it the dam breaks and it finally just crit you know cult of luna when they crush you they crush you do you know what the difference is and it's a word i use a lot but the difference is dynamics it, yeah absolutely cult of luna and Amon ra have those dynamics so well down pat to the Mm. point where listening to the record i mean i'm not going to say that listening to the record is as explosive as watching either of those bands live but you can see the connection far 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 more Mm. and i think telepathy could do with a far more dynamic range on recording i think they have it live first half of it of like all the kind of the build and stuff is great but it never it never hit me anywhere near hard enough and i just thought I mean, my initial thought was a great vocalist would come in and elevate these songs, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, in fact, actually, they just need to concentrate on how to produce, like to to find that I through th- their music. I, th- I think they need to do one or the other. Yep. But personally, this might just be more towards my taste. But personally, I would rather they stay instrumental and find the dynamic range more. And they're capable of doing it because I've seen them do it live. Like live, they do have those that far broader dynamic range. Mm. All music does, to be fair, um, but um, they hit it live. Whereas yeah. on records, never fully. Tempest, as I say, Tempest is the closest they've got. And this is a, a decent follow up, but it's not mind blowing. But it, but it's, but it's good. It's very yeah, good. Wow, well, it's, it's good. Quite, it's quite good. It's good. Um, I thought Black Earth, the song Black Earth is the Black short, Earth's fantastic. It's the shortest one on the record, pretty yeah. much, apart from the last one. Uh, and that's really good. Yeah, yeah, Black Earth. Do great. more of that, lads. But yeah, overall, this is decent enough. Yes. You obviously like it more than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, uh, but it's decent enough. Um, so there you go. That is Burn Embrace by Telepathy. That's out next week, as is this. Birthmarks. Um, this is the debut full-length record from this band who are a UK-based band. London. Uh, I don't know exactly where they're from. London, is London. it? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, it's called And Then The Rain Stopped. Um, I, again, knew very little about this band um, when I came to this, so I just put it on with absolutely no expectations whatsoever as to what they were or who they were. And... Um, I suspect you like this. You suspect correctly, Rembrandt. Yes. This is, for my money comfortably comfortably the best record that we're talking about this week by a significant amount uh it's my favorite record of the week definitely yeah significant amount less so but it's definitely my album of the week yeah i mean this is lapping everyone else this week to be perfectly honest um it reminds me of the cooper temple claws in places yeah 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 um particularly their second record what's it called see through the fire and watch the flames whatever it's called. i can picture the that cover i can't remember yeah. Fucking, yeah 
Yeah, the Cooper Temple Claws are an interesting band. Uh, you got me into the Cooper Temple Claws. You don't know that, but you did. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, Although I'd seen them, I saw them support Jane's Addiction oh, in 2002. Cooper Temple Claws are an interesting band. Just to like, I know this isn't reviewing the band that we're actually meant to be reviewing, but um, Kasabian obviously are massive. <laughs> and what they basically are is a sort of shit version of the Cooper Temple Claws. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. The Cooper Temple Claws are a band from Reading who melded kind of indie music with lounge with kind of noise rock with electronics in a really really brilliant way particularly on their debut record they melded rock and electronics at a time when quite a few bands were trying to meld rock and electronics but the difference is cooper temple claws didn't date that badly whereas no, most they, of the bands yeah. at the time you, I, I was listening to another band who were a similar thing man break you remember man break you ever heard of them no. They're from Liverpool. They were a few they were a good few years before. You're talking about nineteen ninety seven Man Breaks okay. album coming out. And that is dated hilariously. Yeah. Um, well, we talk about that's them. age worse than fucking Kathleen Turner. We, right? <laughs> we talk about them with love and I do still love this band, but but you know, Pitch Shifter. Pitch Shifter. Yeah, yeah. Always, always. I, 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 I do still listen to still listen to Deviant, you know, but I'm aware that giving those records to a young person now, I'd probably be laughed at. They were the cutting edge kids. At the time they were. Five Ks for www.pitchshifter.com. Five Ks for Deviant. Five Ks for Deviant. And I'll tell you what, we heard it and we went, what is this? Yeah. I mean, there's, what is it? Those records still slam. They're just, they're just dated production yeah. wise. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what this has got to do with birthmarks, I don't yeah. really know. <laughs> but, um, but what I will, yes, basically, um, Birthmarks reminded me of the Cooper Temple Claws, who are a band that I really, really love. Uh, and in a good way as well. Um, yeah. I, I think there's, there the, the Cooper Temple Claws for me, who always, you know, continue this absurd comparison that only three people will get, um, yeah. <laughs> were at their best when they were doing sort of very loush, loungy, sort of laid back, more... Um, the, sort of when like when Faith No More go into their more loungy stuff like Cooper mm. Temple Claws could do that a bit and I think Birthmarks are really good really good when they go into a song like Charcoal which is track six on the record is fucking excellent um, yeah they're just you know they, they, they never go on what that's really interesting because I I, I I love most of this record, but there are a couple of tracks which I handpicked as ones that I really don't like and kind of pull me out of it a little bit. And Charcoal's one of them. Was it? Um, yeah, it that's but great. that is down to the lyrical, uh, not lyrical. It's down to the vocal performance. Yeah. Um, there are times when his name's Daniel Cross, and there are times when I feel like he gets a little bit out of tune, Cutterwally. Um, and don't mind that. I look. I think it. I think it's probably going to be a taste thing. I think you're either going to be into it or you're not going to be into it. Mm. It pulls me out personally. He only does it on a couple of songs, so it's only a couple of songs out of the ten mm. that it bothers me on. But um, charcoal is one of them. Yeah, I think they're really. They're really cool. They're kind of. A, they're, they're what I would I'd describe as like a kind of classy band. Yeah, absolutely. Like they've got this really kind of elegant um, mixture of being a rock band, but at the same time being a little bit too being yeah being a little bit loungy it feels like this album has been crafted mm. and you know i wasn't surprised to read in the press notes hey, hey, uh that it you know it's taken five years to make mm. i did read the press notes for this actually 
So, um, and yeah, it, it took five years to make, and you know, it's quite it's a short album. It's the shortest album we're doing this week. It's thirty eight minutes. Um, but yeah, it does feel like it has been the most poured over um in a good way of all the albums that we're doing this week mm. um i think i mean there's but there's a song called uh eclipse empty shell yeah, oh my wicked. god halfway through the song like the whole band just go apoplectic it's just like they just it, it, they go ballistic basically and it sounds excellent yeah and it partly sounds excellent again because of that d word dynamics you know because this band don't go ballistic too often no when they do it's really powerful it is yeah it's kind of it's if you're looking for a rock band who just you know plug is that kind of punk rock plug in and play high energy thing this is not that this yeah. is definitely something more considered more lausch and just like you know it's been a long time since a band has fucking got that right i think yeah. i mean people will point at someone like say um highly what they, yeah hi, highly suspect do you remember that band no they were sort of they were they were um they were like a big thing on sort of u.s rock radio for a little bit and people were like well they're a bit kind of cooler and people were talking about being like oh they're one of those future one of those many they're the future of rock bands that came around in sort of 2014 2015 um and i listened to it and i was like it feels a bit triad to me right you know what i mean it feels like that always feels a little bit triad and you know, a little bit false, a little bit sort of fake, a little bit, a little bit sort of artless, I guess, was the most pretentious way I could put it. You'll lean on my pretentious CD case, so <laughs> why not be pretentious? But, um, but you know, I just feel like this is like you say, like you rightly say, crafted in a very interesting and artistically satisfying way to me. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, points, where, really there's like points it. where it sounds like The Cure, and then there's points where it sounds like Slint. Yeah, know? it's really and good. I can't and 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 actually a dozen more bands in between you know and and um kind of marks it out as its own thing i think this being a debut i think is really impressive it is impressive um yeah, yeah I, I think this is really cool I, it shows I it a lot it shows a lot of sort of restraint and it shows a lot mm. of depth and it's got a lot of yeah it's just a, it's a really good record and it's the sort of record that like i say it's 37 minutes long pretty much every song on it is catchy as fuck um and fairly like in a nice in a, in a nice way quite easy to listen to as well it's yeah. not a difficult record to get wrap your head around and understand and, and get you can put it on and just enjoy how sort of nice it sounds yeah and what's wrong with that that's a that's a good thing i think just to chuck out a few other bands here just to give an idea because it's quite difficult to describe but um the press release again says for fans of chelsea wolf nine inch nails radiohead the black queen less savvy fav and um whilst i don't think it sounds specifically like any of those bands i totally understand why every single one of those bands has been put in definitely. as a fourth hand yeah because I mean. there are elements of all of those bands yeah good record good really debut good. record and the best record we're talking about this week yeah well i will be keeping a bdi yeah, on definitely. them so the band are called birthmarks the album is called and then the rain stopped it comes out next week make sure you go and listen to it and so with the demise of trade-off trade-off so begins a brand new feature that we're going to be closing the podcast on every week the absolute antithesis of our classic albums uh podcasts that we're going to be putting up we, we couldn't charge you for this 
broken <laughs> records. Um, every week we will be ranking uh, a record which has just been hammered critically by yeah. the press, by fans, has become something of a millstone around the artist's neck. Uh, we will be picking one of those records at random and we will be talking about it, divulging into it, seeing if it really was as bad as it's made out and then placing it on a list. At the moment, the sole little album sitting there alone on its list is Streets in the Sky by The Enemy, which we did in Trade Off a few weeks ago, which is ranked about the third worst album, I think, on a, on a, a Metacritic website. Something it wasn't like Metacritic, that. it was one of the other ones. It's pretty shit. But it's a it's a bad record. So at the moment, Streets in the Sky sits alone as the worst album ever made. But I'm sure we can find something worse than that. Our first... I think we have. <laughs> Our first delve into uh, this starts with Six Feet Under, Graveyard Classics Volume 2. The second instalment, obviously, of the Graveyard Classics session that Chris Barnes and his meat and potatoes death metal crew like to do. Released on the 19th of October 2004, it is a death metal band covering ACDC's classic Back in Black record. Now, What's wrong with that, Renfrey? What is wrong with that? As you as you say it in that manner, straight away I go, you know, even the Wikipedia page on this record, for this record, puts it under genre, death and roll, entombed, rock and roll and death metal. Entombed do that. They've created an entire sort of sub-genre of music on the basis that death metal and rock and roll can get together. So the front man of the biggest death metal band ever in Cannibal Corpse, Chris Barnes fronting them at their commercial peak, as he did, mm-hmm. mixed with arguably, you know, the greatest rock and roll band ever's greatest ever album. Surely, Renfrew, we fucked up here. Surely we <laughs> fucked up and this album does not belong on this list at all. Oh, we haven't fucked up. <laughs> 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 we haven't fucked up. No. Um, because in your head, like uh, a blackened version or a death metal version of Back in Black sounds, I mean, you wouldn't want the whole record, but you you might be like, oh, I'm curious to hear what Back in Black, the song would sound like in that way, or mm. You Shit Me All Night Long. Mm. Fucking terrible if Six Feet Under do it. I'm kind of shocked at how poor... The production is on this record. Mm. I'm shocked at how poor the performance is. I'm um, not shocked by that, to be honest. Okay, but, you know. I was stunned that some of this was allowed to remain on the record. Like some of the, <laughs> I mean, I so my Cannibal Corpse knowledge is is actually relatively minor, mm. um, but from the times I recall listening to Cannibal Corpse, they never sounded as bad as this. So why does that? Why? Does well, it I sound mean, awful it depends how much you listen to. I, I'm going to say this right now, right? I don't actually think Chris Barnes is like George Corpse Grinder Fisher is clearly, yeah, clearly, clearly better a better vocalist than Chris yeah. Barnes. Yeah, clearly, right now, if you're one of those death metal fucking aficionados who go, no, not because ah, the bleeding, ah, fucking ah, eating back to life, like fuck, like no. Right? Fuck off. Fuck off. Chris Barnes is... He did a job in a band at that time, in the early days of death metal, the the kind of... The bluntness of Cannibal Corpse, both 
imagery and lyrics and musically and what he brought was yeah it was it was it was fine for a bit it was fine for a bit they are a much better band with george corpse kind of fisher in the band undoubtedly absolutely undoubtedly chris barnes is a bit crap based off of this he's a lot crap <laughs> well based off of this he's a lot he is a lot crap yeah fucking but chris barnes is a bit crap and that's just he just is do you know what i mean like he's not really a great vocalist it's just stunning some of the like sometimes you'll do screen vocals and it just doesn't come quite come out right and comes out a bit weedy and just like <laughs> rather than Ooh, you know yeah um and um usually you go back and re-record those bits and i think barnsey just chose not to on this barnsey, particular on yeah. this particular He's occasion less good uh, vo- like john barnes is a better vocalist <laughs> on his rap on world emotion than chris barnes is which actually is wicked uh than than chris barnes is um so, uh, yes, I mean, the kind of joke here is apparently, right, because I've done a lot of digging on the internet and there are a lot of people who defend this record, right? Surprising amount. Yeah. The 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 thing that those people said is, you idiots, this is a joke. Chris Barnes always got called, you know, Cannibal Corpse got called the, the ACDC of death metal. Yes. Right? So they, as a joke, it's just a fucking joke, have decided to cover... Back in black in full, right? Yes. And my sort of caveat to that would be, well, unless you're Stuart Lee, your jokes need to be yeah, quite yeah, short, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. do the joke. Like you want to cover back in black as a bit of a like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and put it on the end of your album and it sounds like shit, like about oh it lol, hilarious, right? You the whole fucking you don't need to do the whole album. Are you mental? Well, there are very few people who can pull off a 42-minute punchline. And that's what this is, isn't it? Yeah. But the thing is, is it's not even a great punchline. It's like, not a great punchline. It's just... It's not that funny. It's not, like, it's, it's not that funny, really, It's is not it? funny at all. Like, like blackened versions of classic songs. It's really not... It's just like... Ha, ha. Uh, it's not funny it's not fun it is not funny and it is not good and the problem with this record more than anything is this just sounds like a pub band. like take chris barnes away from it right this is a pub band covering back in black it, it's recorded like a pub band it is think. it's just yeah. like it's not death metaled up at all no. musically it is played straight down the line we are a crap band covering like your fucking uncle playing down the dog and duck covering you shook me all night long right it's no fucking different six feet under as a band i've just covered acdc's back in black absolutely on the fucking nose straight down the line on the mic like but like we're not going to change any of it at all mm. right so musically you've just got a shit version of back a very badly produced ploddy dad version of back in black yeah it's worse produced than the original Back in Black, which is which is not badly produced, but obviously but it was made. It was made twenty four years exactly, before. and yeah. and and when when a lot a lot had happened in music production in that time, and 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 this should sound significantly better. Mm. But a point you made earlier today, actually, it's these songs played, but with all of the joy, all of the verve, all of the joie de vivre. Mm. 
just sucked out of them. I mean, I actually, I think Back in Black sounds, is, is a timeless record. It's a classic record. I went back, went back to Back in Black um, for this because I thought I'd reacquaint myself with yeah. the record. It'd been a little while since I've heard it. And you're not a massive ACDC fan. I'm not a massive ACDC fan. Unlike myself. Fan. You know what? That's a pretty good record. It's a fucking great record. I mean, pretty good. Just the, shut up. Um, <laughs> it's just pretty the, good. It, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, just the start of Shoot to Thrill. Yeah. But you say it sounds bad, but just the start of, as soon as I hear, da, 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 to be clear, dang, I'm, I'm not, dang, I'm dang. not saying the production on Back in Black is back. Back in Black is bad. I actually think it's great, especially for the time. Yeah. And uh, it does sound timeless. And I it agree. sounds fucking massive when yeah. that comes in. Yeah. When that's like, oh, just a mate, like one of the, one of the most exciting, exhilarating songs in rock like that yeah. minute when that when that comes in so great it's great and um and six feet under have taken that <laughs> and like i said just could totally stripped it of all of that excitement it's almost impressive that they've managed <laughs> to do that it's almost like wow you've taken something it's like taking a rainbow and making it look black and white <laughs> do you know what i mean like how have you made a rainbow look like one thing photoshop mate yeah but that's what it is it's yeah it's crap it's fucking appalling yeah um it's part of the many graveyard classics things isn't series it? yeah what a series. series i heard um what they would t- like they're all bad i heard that version the of smoke on the water which sounded absolutely appalling yeah what they do is, is take songs that you already know and I mean, even the fucking Teal album's better than this. Like it is. It, it, it's it actually, the Teal album. I never thought I'd say this, but yeah, it is. Teal but, albums a lot better than this. Yeah, it is. And I like they just take songs you already know and do them exactly the same, but not as anywhere near as good. And then they get a bloke to basically go over the top of it. It's fucking stupid. Like, but this one in particular, right? Smoke on the water. It's, it's crap but you can sort of go okay well you can see it working you can see how that might work smoke on the water is kind of a serious song about a serious thing acdc are a fun-loving party band mm. now i was going to make this point and this is the this isn't really the main reason why it doesn't work but as a theory this is the theory as to why it doesn't work entombed took a very particular brand of death metal and took a very particular brand of rock and roll and mix them together. Mm-hmm. And two weren't taking the rock and roll of ACDC and Kiss and melding it with brutal death metal. They weren't doing that. They were taking this new form of death metal that they kind of helped to create mm. a much more kind of, you know, European stompy groovy death metal. Although, you know, obviously Cannibal Corpse have massive amounts of groove in it, but that Floridan scene death and morbid angel are not thought of as groovy bands mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so that early sort of american that american death metal thing was not really thought of as a as, as, as groovy in the same way as you know the scandinavian bands were much more kind of stompy yeah, stompy. yeah yeah the kind of rock and roll they're taking is dangerous is the stooges and the yeah. new york dolls and dangerous sort of sounding rock and roll you know the johnny cash approach as opposed to Aerosmith or ACDC or Kiss or Van Halen or something like that. 
That is not what they're about. They're not about good time party vibes and fucking David Lee Roth high kicking shit. It's about gimme danger. Yeah. Um, you know, raw power. That is the type of rock and roll that Bleeding entombed on stage. Yeah, yeah, the type of rock and roll that entombed were taking. You know, rockabilly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the type of thing that entombed were taking, and they were melding it with a that uh, that other type of death metal. That works, especially yep. when you're entombed and you invent it, yep. right? Or nihilist, whatever. Um, <laughs> what doesn't work is taking ultra brutal death metal and beer drinking good time rock and roll and trying to meld them together. Mm. That's a fucking stupid idea. It is. And to call this death and roll, no, mate, this isn't death and roll. This is something that is not... When I think of death and roll, I think of what I just explained in the first instance, which works. This is not that. I mean, it's describing the two elements that make it up. It's just it's shit. (laughs) Uh, like, Like, you know... I know you're you're more wedded to the genre than I am, so I do understand why this is termed categorized death and roll. But I mean, yeah, it doesn't hold a candle to well, yeah, I mean, I understand, or a like, attack or whatever. Yeah, is. you can't fucking deny that the two elements are death metal and rock and roll. Yeah, you can't deny it. But unfortunately, somebody needs to explain to Chris Barnes or the members of Six Feet Under that that's not really what you should. That's not how this. Thing really works but the annoying thing the annoying thing with records like that is as soon as you're critical about them you're a accused of, of like not being able to take a joke and not understanding death metal was the other yeah one. yeah so i went yes, on yes, of oh. course i did i went on reddit i went online and i i, I went on the youtube chat so we should also say that all of six feet under's back catalog is on spotify and on streaming services this isn't apart from this, which I think says rather a lot that even in a world where six feet under are doing covers of all manner of massively iconic, huge rock songs, even they now look at this and go, yeah, let's not let people know that we did this. <laughs> um, so we had to look at it on YouTube and I read a lot of the comments on the YouTube video for this. And yeah. so many people were like, <laughs> you motherfuckers don't get, death metal you don't get what chris barnes is about you don't get the joke you're a bunch of fucking pussy rock and roll fans you don't understand death metal this is the best covers album ever i mean in your case true to be fair yeah yeah that, that, that's right that's definitely true about me um uh and it's just that is such a an absurd rebuttal oh. uh, you don't uh, understand death metal absurd no. doesn't seem like a big enough word I, d- I don't think six feet on the basis of this I don't think six feet under understand death metal <laughs> because for a start like I say you've not done <laughs> anything at all to change the music no. you've left the music completely the same yeah. you've not added blast beats nope. or double kick time drums nope. you've not added a big like fucking groovy death metal breakdown or any massive like crazy tray as I go so oh, solos you've not done any of that just you've made just the production gone, worse you've made the production worse yeah. and you've just gone you think death metal is just going have a drink on me that's what you think <laughs> it's just cookie Mon- you think death metal is just cookie monster vocals yeah yeah it sounds like i mean for, for uh, guitar players out there it sounds like most of this has been recorded through a metal zone uh pedal which is quite a notoriously shit sounding pedal um and it really does have that sound to it it's 
god awful. It's fucking atrocious. And I suppose at this point, uh, it, which does bring us to Chris Barnes, surely the most ludicrous vocal performance any person has ever committed to tape ever. Hearing somebody doing that fucking a cappella bit oh, yeah. in Shake a Leg. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then, Joke a Leg, Joke Your God. Like, <laughs> I don't care that you're Chris Barnes and you're in Cannibal Corpse. I don't care that this is meant to be death metal. I don't care that you think that I don't understand death metal. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? That you think that's acceptable, that you think that lends itself to it. Have a drink on me. Like, what are you doing? Rock and roll ain't no bottle, John. Like, what are you doing? There's also, there's also, um, uh, let me put my love into you as well. Like, oh my God. Just, oh. It, it, in it's... the hands of, I mean, these songs are ridiculous. I love them, but they're ridiculous. In the hands of Brian Johnson, you know, a work. bawdy, gaudy, cheeky, chappy, mm. you know, Geordie geezer, you can just about get away with it. Yeah. And most vocalists wouldn't be able to get away with it. In the hands of Chris Barnes, they sound like a threat, all of these songs. They sound. Like the sort of thing somebody says to you before they drop a fucking rehypno in your drink. <laughs> like, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing to have to put yourself through. Endless stupidity. I, it is so, so, so bad on this record. I don't think we're going to beat rehypno. I don't think we are. No. <laughs> I it's mean, fucking dreadful. Yeah. It's, it's awful. A terrible idea terribly pulled off by frankly a bunch of idiots yeah yeah um is this worse than the enemy i think it absolutely is worse and and, and amazing i mean the thing i was going to go well it can't be worse than the enemy because it's starting from a base with such brilliant songs how can you fucking destroy the genius of acdc when put up against something as bland and as you know just shrug worthy mm. as streets in the sky by the enemy which is just a kind of wet boring wet fart of mm. nothing mm -hmm. right but it's so phenomenally bad this record that and they have done such an, a like jaw-dropping job of turning some of the greatest rock and roll songs ever made into stodgy bloated ludicrous absurd dirges yeah kind of just dirges that i think rubbish. this has to be the new number one i i completely and utterly agree um this this has to be the number one and uh, um may may not be beaten for some time who knows we have the hat full of yeah. shit over there yeah, um maybe it will maybe it, i don't know maybe it'll be beaten quite quickly i have no idea but this is really appalling <laughs> and to be honest in my head i thought god this isn't this is going to be really bad isn't it and it was quite substantially worse than yeah. the, what I, the idea I had in my head. Yeah. It's fucking appalling. Yeah. It has absolutely no, no redeeming qualities. qualities. It is a zero out of 10, this record. There are a lot of covers albums in this hat, right? There are a yeah. fair few covers. Because covers albums are notoriously difficult Shit. things to navigate. Well, yeah. No, not, yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, when I think about some of the other covers albums that are in here, I do at least go, well... 
you know, that shows a bit of ambition. That shows a bit like that's a bit of folly, but you know, like that was in that was an interesting stylistic decision or a swerve that maybe people didn't see coming. This is just fucking stupid. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the new number one worst album ever currently yeah. uh on Broken Records is Graveyard Classics Volume Two by Six Feet Under. What an absolutely dreadful, dreadful record. Which means Renfrey we get to uh, pick an album for next week to see if we can better it. Shall should I pick be interesting. One? I and think I'm, you picked last week. You are, yes, yes, you, you should pick it. So First time for the hat full of shit on first, the old camera. Yeah, absolutely. There it is. It's Reverie's Fedora, by the oh, way. Fedora, yeah, yeah, You've yeah. got one there? I do. Oh, what we got? interesting one. We have Metal Machine Music by Lou Reed. Metal Machine Music by okay. Lou Reed. Wowzers. Okay. Um, that is going to be something. Mm. So, uh, what a funny little <laughs> trilogy we have so far. Yeah. Six feet under the enemy and Lou Reed <laughs> yeah. all hanging out together in the waiting room <laughs> to receive their prize. Uh, they're going to be in there together for quite a long time as well. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. Brilliant. There you go. Um, next week, we will be uh, talking about Lou Reed's Metal Machine music. Um, we will also be reviewing new albums from Pearl Jam, from Milk Teeth, mm-hmm. and from Iris. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed for, for Pearl Jam. We hope so, don't we? Yeah, we're hoping. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, go over to musicism.net and put Riot in capitals in the checkout to get 25% off all of your courses if you uh, feel like you want to learn how to play an instrument. Um that's still happening. Uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and have a little look at the five pound tier, which should be going up pretty soon after we. Oh, uh, um, probably sometime next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, on Monday, the the first one of them, as I said, Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion 2 will be getting put up. And um, and we've got some special, you know, we got, we'll got we be doing more Rioters reviews. we got some specials coming up, as we spoke about last week. Trailer the Dead special. Um, yes will be coming out soon our yes. interview with Conrad um, when he was awake for it and um, and our <laughs> uh, my chat with uh, with a much more awake Matt Heafy will be coming in a few weeks as well so all exciting stuff we hope you're alright it is a weird old world and um, you know who knows where we'll be next week we might be sat in these chairs again with these pictures behind us if you're watching on YouTube we might be in Overton we might be on Skype who knows? Dead. Oh, I wasn't. Is that a bad there. way to put it at the end? Of- well, a little bit. Yeah, I think always, always end, ending the show with next week we might be dead. It's <laughs> probably not the most positive way to, certainly not the best way to get people to sign up for our Patreon page. Uh, oh, fuck them. They're going to die next week. Well, why would, why would I bother? Funeral costs, mate. Funerals cost Which a lot of money. Which we don't have to pay for. So, oh, yeah. Once you're dead, you don't have to pay for your funeral. <laughs> if you die, even if you died, I'm not paying for your funeral if you die. And I'm certainly not asking the people that listen to the podcast, which would continue, by the way, if Renfrey died. Um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't ask them to pay for the funeral cost. So, you know. Anyway, Lovely. hopefully we don't die. Hey, I can't die because uh, there's a new Pearl Jam album out next week and I am fucking excited. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to die after. Oh, I could die. Uh, <laughs> apparently it's very good I've been reading reviews for it and getting very fucking excited good well see you next week then <laughs>